Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The second most listened to song on Spotify is Every Day of My Life, which is just a beautiful love song. Thank you.
I think people underestimate how hard it is to write a love song. Tell me about this. Oh my God. It's so hard. I feel like that's like a happy love song. That's the correction. (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to write breakup songs, right? Breakup love songs or cheating love songs or sad love songs. Those are easy, huh? Oh, it's so easy to write breakup songs and sad songs. It's the happy ones for some reason. I really couldn't tell you. Maybe I'm just a cynical person. I don't know, but I feel like I'm an optimistic person. It's just, it's, for me, songwriting is really heartfelt. Sure, like any songwriter, I try and think like, oh, could this be on the radio? And I get that in my head. And of course, I embellish things like any songwriter, but like it starts first, like from the heart and it's a feeling and I just go from there. And so I was dating the same guy from college. We met freshman year at Belmont University in Nashville and we clicked and we spent seven and a half years together, which is a long time. We grew a lot, but I wrote that song. Gosh, it must've been four years ago now. And I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I would never play it. That's kind of my test. It's like, if I feel confident enough to play it out and I feel like the crowd is vibing with it. Then I'm like, okay, that's pretty much done. It's there. But I never really like, I never wanted to play the song. And it's because I didn't love the melody of it. And so last summer, like literally two weeks before I was going to record my second EP, I was still trying to figure out what songs to do. And I sat down with this one and I was like, okay, I'm feeling this. Let's just get this totally like, it needs a facelift. Like I like the message. I like a lot of the lyrics, but the melody needs to be totally different. And so I changed it up completely and then I fell in love with it. And it was cool to see that transform. It's the happiest love song I've ever written. And I was grateful to feel that love and and experience that, especially at such a young age. So That's interesting. So you had broken up with this young man? Well, we were still together last year. (laughs) Yeah, this is super fresh. Oh, okay. So at the time you're still in love with the guy. I really like the call and response of the chorus. Thanks. So that was a new addition. That was something that when I was messing around, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, let's just do a little call. And it worked. It's fun. It, it makes you want to dance and, and just kind of be free. And, and I think that's what it feels like to truly be in love and to feel that for someone else as you just you feel free. <laughs> How does the audience react when you play this? Do they dance with it? Yeah, I mean... I've only been able to play this with a full band a few times. So usually it's just like me and an electric guitar, my acoustic guitar, and they they sway. Um, My music's definitely more mellow. It's not like the kind of music that you're going to go dance to, but I like to see people moving in their seats. (laughs) But I can imagine a song like this that couples in the audience might start holding hands or looking at each other. I would hope so. I would hope so. That's the goal. I guess you haven't played it enough to see that, but I bet you do. I truly mean this. I think it's really hard to write a love song. Like you say, a beautiful, happy love song. And it just seems so easy. And it's just, I challenge the audience to try to write one. And I think the challenge is writing a non-cheesy love song. Like the happy love songs, like you have to kind of toe this line of cheesy 
unrealistic or realistic and like maybe it's a little sad or I don't know, is it even real? <laughs> it's hard not to sound like a cliche or corny. You know, it, it's hard to be original and to say, I love you in an original way. And I think you did it here. I'll keep loving you with the space. And then every day of my life at the end of the chorus, you know. Thank you. I still think it's a little cheesy at some parts. I'm like, oh, what? Like, should I have changed that? But at the same time, it's like, you know, all happy love songs are going to have a little bit of cheesiness. But I think the overall message is relatable and real and raw and vulnerable. And I think that's what it takes to have a solid, happy love song. I like how you introduced, was it a Hammond organ? Yes. <laughs> it's subtle and then it grows in the song. Yeah. So brother Paul Brown, he comes in with his keys and his synth pad and all this stuff. And I was just like, wow, okay, that's cool. We had a, a Hammond B3 organ. I was a little skeptical because I'm 26 years old. And like, to me, the organ, I'm like, oh, that's kind of like older sounding, like kind of older country. I'm trying to be more modern. And then John, he was like, no, I, I promise you, this is in almost every single song. It adds a lot of character and just like underneath it kind of builds everything. And I was like, okay. He just is such a free spirit, which was very cool to see. And he was just grooving. And I truly was skeptical. Both EPs, I was like, oh, like the organ, like I don't want it to overpower anything, but the song would feel naked without it. Like it's crazy how much it adds depth to a song when you add that in the background. It's not overwhelming and it kind of builds, it comes in soft and then it increases. And I really love at the end of the bridge, you chuckle. Why? Because <laughs> I'm always laughing and I actually, I laughed when I was recording and I'm trying to remember the, like why I was laughing. I think I was just feeling awkward. I messed up something and uh, Preston, the engineer, we were at um, Zach Brown, their studio, Southern Ground. And so Preston, he's the engineer there in one of the studios. And I didn't know him well, but he knew that that was kind of me. I giggle and I laugh and it's a lighthearted song. And at first I was like, oh, I don't think I want that in there. That sounds weird, but it adds character. And I think, I don't know, it's, it's nice to kind of like have that break in the song. But yeah. <laughs> That's really, it's cute. Thank you. It belongs in a love song. And so it's really good. So you talked about how you knew this song was done. And that's a question I've asked other songwriters is like, when do you know that a song is done? Hmm. Sometimes uh, I'm sure, you know, you'll just sit down and write a whole song in one sitting, even maybe it's an hour. You're like, wow, I just wrote that whole thing. And I feel like it's done. And there are times where I, I feel like, okay, I wrote that song. It's done. Especially my sister and I, we started writing together when I was like 11. And so she was eight or nine, something like that. The two of us, like there were moments where we would just sit down and write a song, of course, a breakup song in high school and stuff. And, and we were like, oh yeah, like this is done. Cool. And then we'd go out and play it. But now I think I haven't been writing as much with other people. So I think that is harder. Like when you can't validate it with another songwriter, that you're working on it with. It's harder to know when it's done in a strange way, but I don't know. I feel like when I feel confident in it, that's when it's done. And there's always going to be something you want to change. And that's kind of like, you can't be a perfectionist. So especially in this kind of stuff, like it's a song and it's imperfect in the most perfect way. It's always going to be. 
So when did you start songwriting and why did you start songwriting? You were, you and your sister were eight and 11 years old. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, something like that. Maybe even 10. I started playing guitar at 10. I have two younger sisters and a twin brother. He always gets left out, but he didn't get the music gene. He got the business gene. (laughs) That's what I like to say. But my two younger sisters and I, we first started singing when I was, I mean, I've been singing my whole life and I'm actually severely deaf in one of my ears. So I got that tested when I was younger. And I was like, wow, but she sings. And like for her, and she kind of like also talked with me about that. This is a gift. Like a lot of people who have hearing loss can't sing, like they can't hear that. And so I always knew I I had a hearing aid when I was six. And so like, I I knew I had hearing loss, but like it didn't affect my music. I felt it. So that stuck with me. And I think that kind of inspired me to pick up the guitar because I was playing piano and I was, eh, it was fine. I was playing classical music that I didn't love. I was 10. (laughs) So finally, my mom was like, okay, when you turn, I think it was 10 or 11, then you can play the guitar. And so right before that, we were at my two sisters and I, well, first I was asked to sing at this fundraiser, this Little League fundraiser in Boston. My two sisters, who were both younger, they got really jealous because they asked me to sing the national anthem there. And my mom was like, okay, well, I can teach you how to sing harmonies and stuff. And if you guys learn them, you can all sing together. And so we did. And we also sang another song, a Dixie Chick song. That was the start of it. We we pretended to play our instruments and we sang to a karaoke track of Landslide, uh, which is forever going to be one of my favorite songs of all time. <laughs> it's truly just such a beautiful song. and It really is. Yeah. And it makes me cry all, all the time when I'm sentimental and playing. I'm like, oh, I'm growing up so fast. It's sad. <laughs> but those are the greatest songs in my opinion. But from there, I know that was a long-winded answer, but that kind of propelled us into wanting to, one, play in public, which we loved, and learn instruments. And then from there, we just started writing. I'm a creative person. Um, both my sisters are. But my middle sister, Sarah, and I, like we really started writing. Just Our first song, I think, was called Down by the Seashore. And we laugh at it now, but it, was, it wasn't bad for being 10 and 8 or 11 and 9, whatever age you were. But I just remember feeling so excited and exhilarated, like when we created something. And I think from a young age, like I didn't fully understand like what that totally meant, but it was such a high, like it was a rush and I couldn't explain it. And and now as a songwriter and a performer, like I, I totally understand why we got like so excited and so into songwriting. Interesting. I think a lot of songwriters try to do covers and realize that's hard. And like, if they just do their own thing, <laughs> it doesn't have to sound like anything else. It just has to sound like what they want it to sound like. It sounds like them. Yeah. I've never actually heard anyone say that, but that makes total sense. I love doing both. <laughs> you like doing both? You like doing covers? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like making them my own. Oh, okay. Or blending versions like Landslide, Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks, and the Dixie Chicks. Like, I feel like my version is totally a blend between the two because... I have influences from both. So 